You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Moving my head. Yeah. I'm laying it off. Love that too. I'm pronating. When you're not supinating. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. I look like a fool. What the hell do you think you look like shooting them chili peppers up Lee Jansen's ass? Well, we're waiting. What's up, golf fans, and welcome to the very first episode of Fairways and Dreams. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, and you're probably wondering, who am I? Who am I to be sitting here behind a microphone doing this podcast about the game of golf? Before I even get into my background, let me say one thing. This podcast is not going to be your typical golf podcast. It is not going to talk about specifically the PGA Tour and the majors and all the big events like the Ryder Cup. That is not my intent. It's also not going to be a bro podcast. And when I say a bro podcast, I'm not going to be talking about the crazy things that can happen on a golf course when alcohol is typically involved. Whether you're talking about fights on the golf course, whether you're talking about people getting drunk and driving carts through bunkers. I've been there, not driving, but seen it. But that's not going to be the intent here. I want to talk about all things golf in a little bit of a different atmosphere. I want it to be family-friendly. I'm going to talk about family a lot in that aspect of golf, all here on Fairways and Dreams. Now, a little bit of background about myself now that I got that out of the way. I am a 40-year-old man who lives in the state of Maryland. That's right. I'm 40. I'm a man. And for me, I love the game of golf. I've always loved the game of golf. And my my attraction to golf has changed dramatically over the years. 
how did I get here? Not so much here in the state of Maryland at the age of 40. How did I get to wanting to do a golf podcast? Like, that's a really great question for me. When I think about this game, the game of golf, I think about when I was a young child, probably six, seven, eight years old, getting an old club, going out into the backyard and just chipping golf balls. It was a pal Joey wedge. My brother, I'm sure if he's listening to this, knows exactly the club because it's a hand-me-down club from him. And I remember just chipping half shots, three-quarter shots. My dad was an avid golfer. His dad golfed. So obviously, it got passed down from one generation to the next. My history with golf is also a very sordid past. I have had a love-hate relationship with the game up until this point of my life. Uh, I golfed in high school. And I honestly found that the pressure of playing those type of that type of golf almost made me hate the game. By the time I graduated from high school, my senior year, our golf team was able to win a state title in the state of West Virginia. I grew up in Wheeling, West Virginia. I was almost ready to say, I don't, I don't really care if I ever golf again. I, I didn't want to golf in college. I had no interest of even trying out. I, one of my college professors, who was the golf coach, asked me if I would. And I said, I'm sorry, I just didn't. I didn't like the game like that anymore. I didn't want to compete. Fast forward to now. I'm a father. I have five children, and they all have some semblance of an interest in golf. My oldest is our son. He loves golf. Uh, my oldest daughters love golf, and my youngest daughters, because I have one son and four daughters, they are starting to get interested in the game of golf. I have not force-fed this to them at all, but I have found a new love for the game through my own children. We go golfing as much as we possibly can. We do belong to a local country club. It's not one of those ritzy country clubs. It is a golfer's country club. And when we go golfing, we, we typically will we'll walk nine holes. I've told the kids, they've ridden in a cart before. I, I grew up walking golf courses. You put the bag on your back and you walk. And you learn how to play the game. And you learn the appreciation for the game. And you learn really about so much more than just the game. The beautiful environment. It's just it's just an amazing experience. It's an amazing experience when you play the game that way. And so for me, I, I found this new love for the game as my children are being exposed to it. They get to golf with my dad, with my brother. It's become a family affair. And that's what makes golf so special to me. I'm going to be able to play with my children the way that my dad has golfed with me up until he's almost, he's almost 70 years old. And he still golfs multiple times a week. Whenever he visits or I visit back home, we go golfing. And that's what's awesome. When you think about the game of like football, you can't have this connection outside of watching and viewing a game, playing the game until you're, you're older. I will have that with my children and hopefully their children, just like they have that with my dad, their grandfather. I think outside of my own history with the game, it is important to note that for, for 16 years of my life, I was a physical education teacher in the public school system here in the state of Maryland. And when I was in the public school system, the one thing I've, I saw more than anything else was that so many students didn't know anything about the game of golf. They didn't know how to hold the club. They didn't know any of the, the, the terminology. They didn't know the golfers. It was really incredible when I saw how this was happening to our youth. When I grew up and where I grew up, and that's very important to state that where I grew up, golf was accessible. You had nine hole courses that were easy to play. My parents would drop me off with my friends and we would play nine, 18, sometimes even more in a day. And then they would pick us up. 
in the time that we were waiting for them, we were on the putting green, chipping and putting and practicing. And then you have other courses that are also easily accessible. That is not the case everywhere. I totally understand that. And golf is an expensive sport. We will talk about that on this podcast is how expensive golf is, not just from a from an equipment perspective, but also from a green fees and cart fees. If that's the way you go, that's difficult. It's difficult for a lot of families to be able to say, how can I afford this? How can I play? How can I have my kids learn to play this game? I can't afford $200 clubs, even for a beginner set. So it's difficult, but I found that as I taught the game and I taught golf to my students, what they realized and hopefully what they got from it was it's a lot more difficult than they thought. It is a challenging sport that can have unbelievable rewards if they work at it. And I did have a few kids, students that left that class, not only with an appreciation, but a desire to want to play. It is a lifetime sport. It is awesome. And the family aspect of the game is kind of now at my age, where I am in my life with my own children. It's what draws me to the game, the family aspect of golf. So that's a little bit of a background on me. But the one thing I, I wanted to talk about in this very first podcast, and we're going to have guests on this podcast, we're going to have, you know, everything from people that are promoting products, clothing companies, like I'm going to have it all for you right here. We're only going to start off doing this podcast once a week, but the goal is to eventually develop this into maybe two times a week. It all depends. It all depends on you, the listener. Are you sharing it? Send it to people that you know the golf. Maybe they'll love it. Maybe they'll listen to it. I hope they do. Uh, and I hope that they can find me somewhere on social media. You can find me on Instagram, the golf life, the golf underscore life. You can find me on Twitter at J Hartman, H A R T M A N underscore P I T. Because really, I, I don't just do this. Uh, for instance, podcast about golf. I podcast about the Pittsburgh Steelers, the National Football League. I said I was a teacher because now I am the network director at Fans First Sports Network, and I do a lot of work there. So that's that's given me, afforded me the opportunity to do this podcast about the game of golf. But what I wanted to talk about is why is golf so special? Why is the game of golf so special? I talked about my beginning of golf and chipping in the backyard and going out back and watching some of the PGA Tour with my dad and then feeling motivated to go out there and try some of the techniques that they were using, a flop shot, which most of the time turned it in, turned into me blading a golf ball and almost breaking a window. Uh, maybe it's the bump and run. Maybe it's a three-quarter swing. It doesn't matter. Think back to when you started the game. Think back to the first time you picked up a club, and this happens at a different time for everyone. For me, I was young. For my children, they are young. But for some people, they don't pick up the game until they're older. They don't pick up the game until mid-20s, maybe even in their 40s. Family and ours, they moved. family of mine, they moved to Florida. Uh, my, my wife's uncle has always been a golfer. He golfed in high school, golfed at the local junior college, but his wife couldn't stand it. They moved to Florida. They can play all year round, and now she's an avid golfer. I believe she has two hole-in-ones now, which is pretty remarkable. You got people like myself who don't have any, but nonetheless – Everyone finds the game at a different time. So not only do you think back to why you started the game, but how did you start the game? Was it family? I think a lot of people are like me. You're your family. You come from a family of golfers. Not only did my dad golf and his dad golf, my uncles golfed. Uh, my cousins would, would play in the game, would play at in some level, maybe just in scrambles, but they all golf. Like everyone golfs. It's a golfing family. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a coworker, someone like that, that, 
said, Hey, if you ever interested, I'd love to let's go play. Let's go golf. Let's go do this. Let's, let's figure it out on your own, whatever it is. I gotta be honest. Some people out there listening right now, maybe you started the game because of tiger woods, just like when my dad was young, a lot of people started because of Jack Nicholas, tiger woods got a lot of people to the game. They got, got a lot of people interested in the game of golf. And so they then flocked to the course and they bought clubs and they bought gear and they went out there and they realized, man, this game is just something different. It doesn't matter where you started your golf journey. If you're listening to this podcast, you likely got hooked. Let's, let's be honest. If you're listening to a golf podcast, unless you know me personally, or you follow me on Twitter and you're like, I'll give it a shot once I don't really golf, but you know, I, I listen to Jeff Steelers podcast and the end is NFL stuff. So, you know, I, I support Jeff. I'm going to listen. So maybe that's the case. And thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. Hopefully you stick around, but if you are a golfer and you're listening to this point in the show, then I got to imagine that you are hooked on the game. You are hooked on the game. You had a moment where you were on the golf course or on the driving range. And when everything was going wrong, when everything was going bad, you hit that one shot. You hit that one shot. And as they say in tin cup, the tuning fork in your loins went off and it was, you pured it. I always say it feels like a warm butter, a warm knife going through butter. And that feeling is, is unmistakable. It is unforgettable. And it always brings you back. But why is golf like that? Why is it so special? What is it that has people coming back time after time after time? Even when they're no good. I have to remind myself. I do. I play as much as I can. And I do register my scores in the handicap system. And as of recording this podcast, I fluctuate anywhere between a six and maybe even a seven to an eight handicap so when i golf if i'm in the 70s i'm leaving the course a happy man if i play nine holes and i'm in and i'm in the upper 30s i leave the course happy if i if, you know if i go out and play nine holes and shoot a 42 i'm not that happy but that's just where i am my wife she always god bless her she always tells me how jeff you do realize that a lot of the people that golf they would pray to the heavens above to be able to go out and shoot a 79, to go out and shoot a 38 on nine holes. And so I have to remind myself that what is so special about golf? I think that's a really difficult question to answer because there are people, I look this up, the average golfer that keeps a handicap. Now this was as of 2022. So we're not talking the most current data, but I think it's pretty relevant. And I think this has been this way for a very long time. If I'm being honest, the average golfer that keeps a handicap, their average 18 hole score is 90 is 90. That's incredible to me. That is incredible to me because here I am. I've been golfing my whole life. My brother and I would always say the same thing. People are like, Oh, if, if I shot a 90, I would probably consider quitting the game because that means something went really, really wrong. Because even on a bad day, I'm typically hovering around 83, 82 on a bad day. But that's this is a stark reminder to me that not only am I maybe better than I think compared to the average, but also that the majority of golfers out there are not that great. I have, I have worked with people that said, Jeff, I've only broken 100 once in my life. That is, think about that. Think about that. 
I think back to the movie Tin Cup, and you're going to hear me reference golf golf movies all the time. You heard it in the introduction, like because I love golf movies. In Tin Cup, they're talking about uh, Roy McIlroy's first round, and they say an absolute avalanche of strokes. That's what it sounds like when someone says they've shot 100. And they went out there, and they yeah, I just, yeah, I, I had a really good round, man. I shot 120. A what? 120? That's insane, but that's where people are. And people are that bad, and yet they keep going out and playing. That tells me, if you think about other sports, let's talk about bowling. Let's say you go bowling, and you go bowling once a week, and you practice, and you're working on your form, and you buy the expensive bowling shoes, and you've got the wrist guard, and you go out there, and you just are awful. And your highest score ever is 50. 50. That's your best. That's your best time ever bowling was 50. Not many people would keep bowling. Most people would say, ah, okay, this isn't for me. Golf is different. Golf is different. I chose bowling because it's an individual sport. It's very comparable. But for golf, there's people that go out there. They are awful, awful golfers. I mean, they're spraying the ball all over the place. There's people at our country club where you hear them. They're just yelling four on every single hole. And when you think about my course that I play regularly, that's difficult because there's not a lot of up and backs. So when you have to yell four a lot, you are missing the mark by a wide margin. It happens every now and then for everyone. Matt Kuchar most recently is so over the weekend down in Cabo at Tiger Woods' course. He had a quadruple bogey. So it even happens to the PGA pros. But I look at this and think, what is it about golf? that has people continually coming back even when the average score is 90. And let me re let me go back to that statistic for one second. That was an average golfer with a handicap. Think about all the golfers that just golf and they don't keep a handicap. They're not registered with the USGA and the handicap index system. They just go out and play with friends because they don't care about their score. They're not trying to improve from a 25 to a 20 handicap. They don't care that much. They go out there weekend hackers. That's fine, but they keep going out. What is it? What is so special about golf? Is it based on the fact that it takes some time? Maybe they maybe they want to get out of the house. Maybe they have kids. Like, there's people that could possibly be in a similar situation to me. I work from home. I'm around my kids who are all homeschooled. And you might think Jeff probably golfs to get away from everything. Shockingly, I take them with me. They're always with me. I go to the golf course and I've got at least two kids in tow and we're walking around and we're golfing and we're enjoying it. But there might be some people out there that say, you know, I like to golf just to get away. I like to get outside. I like the fresh air. I just want to get away. I just want to be away from work, away from home, away from my wife, away from my kids. Hey, who am I to say what is so special about golf for that individual? That's fine. There is the camaraderie aspect of golf that maybe even if you do golf, if you have a very close-knit group of friends that all share the love in the game, that you go out there and you play because you love the game and you love being around your friends, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Golf is so special because it is so unique. And yes, there are those times where people are probably contemplating quitting the game, and then something happens. It could be, I don't even know if there's a specific thing. Maybe it is just that one shot. It's that I suck, I hate this game, and you're on the 18th tee box, and you pull out the driver, which has really disappointed you. Maybe you you and the driver have a very rough, rocky relationship. Maybe you're always bombing that slice into the woods on the right. Or maybe you've got that duck hook that you just can't figure out. 
and then you pure one and you hit it right on the screws nutted it you just crushed the hell out of the thing and you say man if i could do that every time if i could do that even half of the time i would be so much better and maybe that's what it is golf is in me this is just me this is me answering the question golf is so special why it's not just the family thing it's the fact to me that it perfection is unattainable you can never perfect the game of golf you can never go out and say that yep i've done it yeah hey everyone it's been nice knowing you thank you all for taking the time i do i'm done I, i there's nothing left for me here i've done it all even tiger woods jack nicholas the most successful golfers ever to play the game of golf have not only had struggles, but none of them have ever perfected the game. No one. Even when you go back to those late 90s with Tiger Woods, early 2000s, where he was so dominant for stretches, probably the most dominant golfer we will ever see again, in my opinion. And he still had times where he just didn't play, didn't play well. He didn't play well enough to win. He made the cut. We all know the cut streak is amazing. This game is an imperfect game. And to me, that's very attractive. You go out there and you just never know what you're going to get. Yeah, you can go to the range and you can hit a bucket of balls before you go to the first tee. But really, you just don't know what you're going to get because there's so much more than just yourself. It's also the course. What are the conditions? Are the greens slow? Are they fast? Is the rough extra long? Are you playing winter rules where you get to roll the ball wherever you want because the conditions are the conditions? Or are you playing it down in a tournament where things can get real dicey real quick? Everything changes with golf. And that's why, to me, it, it piques my interest. As I get older, I find myself being lured to the course more and more as much as time allows. Because for me, golf is that unattainable quest to just be better. To just get better. Maybe it's not even golf-related. Maybe it's a test of my patience. Can I get better to the point where I can go out and golf and I don't get frustrated? I don't get angry anymore to the point where I want to break a club in half. Used to, go back to when I was out of high school, I would want to snap a club over my knee. Never have. I just That's not my temperament, but at that time, I would get really angry. Do I get frustrated? Sure. But maybe the golf course is there to humble me. Maybe this game is here to humble me a little bit. And that's fine. I just liked to get outside. I love to be with my family. I love the challenge of golf. It is so challenging. People that don't play it don't get it. People that don't know will never understand it. I don't even know if my wife understands it. She, We've been married for 16 years and we dated for years before that and I've golfed all the time. I don't know if she truly understands the attraction to the game of golf, not just for me, but for everyone. Why is golf so special? I think that's an individual answer for every single golfer out there. If you're listening to this podcast and you got all the way to the end here, answer that for yourself. Before you go golfing or before you go to the driving range the next time or before you go hit up the simulator this winter, think, why do I find golf to be special? Why do I enjoy this? And if you maybe you don't enjoy it, maybe you go out and you're just like, this is miserable. I hate this. That's fine. Let's let's be retrospective about this. But why is golf so special for me? It's the exact same reason why I'm doing this podcast. Because for me, it's it's an opportunity for me to to spend some 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 time. It's an ability for me to kind of spread the love of the game with other people. And that's what I want to do here on this Fairways and Dreams podcast. Why is golf so special? That was a very 
I think that's a very appropriate question to try and answer on this very first episode of Fairways and Dreams. I thank you all for taking the time and listening to this. What's coming up? Well, a lot of stuff is going to come up. I'm going to talk about everything related to golf that maybe you don't hear on a lot of podcasts. Like how expensive the game is. Mentioned that already on this podcast. The, the current trends in both equipment and apparel. That's interesting. I'm going to have some guests on. I'm going to have some people talking about maybe people that like to gamble about golf on golf. Like, what does that look like? I'm going to have all that for you. Like I said, it's going to be a once a week show to start. A YouTube channel will probably be upcoming. You can find me on social media where I just mentioned. Maybe I'll have a, a unique Twitter account for Fairways and Dreams. We'll deal with that down the road. In the meantime, I thank you all for listening to this podcast. Share it with your friends. If you know someone that golfs, send it to them and say, check out this new podcast. I think you're going to like it. And hey, as I end all of my individual podcasts that I do out there, be safe, be kind, and God bless. And in this case, Hit them straight. Fairways and dreams. Thank you for listening. As a part of the Fans First Sports Network, you can find us at fansfirstsports.com. We'll see you next time. Take it easy. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. 